0: Alrighty, we are rolling. It is Wednesday, October 16th, and we are here with the third episode of Quick Hits. I'm Blake Pace, and uh, just a little preview of what we got going on today. Um, First off, man, there were some trades in the NFL last night, some good ones. We're going to get to that. The Rams basically reloading uh, their entire team, assessing the situation they're at, third place in a division that. uh, you know, they're not going to stay complacent. So we'll get into the deals there. Um, and then of course, uh, move into Wednesday's topic, which of course is, uh, my NFL power rankings heading into week seven, taking a look at some of the movement, um, around the league. Like I said, uh, I feel like there's a, a really clear cut number one team. Although for some reason, a lot of people disagree with me there. Um, you know, I feel like the top eight to 10 is pretty solid, then I think there's a, a, just a giant mess uh, between 11 and 27, 28, and then I feel like the bottom four or five teams are pretty solid too. So I'll break those into segments. Um, you know, I'll, I'll more focus on my top 10 and why I have them around there uh, right now. I'll probably group in um, the teams below that. Just to, I'm not going to spend as much time talking about why I have them there. I feel like uh, when it comes to power rankings, um, the main thing about this is I want to tell you where my top 10 teams are at and how they're changing. To me, I feel like, you know, like I said, that 11 through... Even 11 through 32, um, when it comes to power rankings, that's all subjective. Everyone's got their opinions. And, and really, uh, in a league where there is so much parity and, um, you know, we'll see teams that, you know... My 28th ranked team very could, could easily beat my, my number 12 team, um, you know, in a, in a case like that. The NFL is so close uh, when it comes to... Um, you know, the, the difference in talent levels. So, um, I'm not going to spend too much time beyond, uh, the top 10 or outside of the top 10 a little more focus on those 10 teams in there. And, um, and and then we'll send you on through the rest of your Wednesday. Um, as always, uh, to make sure I've got my other stuff out there before you get through the end of this episode, make sure to, uh, to, uh, like or rate subscribe uh, to the podcast. Leave me a comment on there too. I appreciate all the positive feedback I've been getting, through the first two episodes, I appreciate uh, having some of the people that have reached out to me reach out to me. We've got some exciting things working on here. Very, very grateful to have this opportunity to share um, my NFL thoughts with you on this platform. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Um, I cover uh, the Indianapolis Colts for SB Nation Stampede Blue. I cover Syracuse football for SB Nation's Troy Nunez is an absolute magician. Heck of a title in there. Uh, so make sure to, to follow me on Twitter for all of that, and of course my NFL. Um, content on there as well, too. Um, I have another podcast, good friend of mine, Matt Weirich, Um He actually just announced he is accepting a position with NBC Sports Washington. Um, very excited for him. He's going to head over there in a couple weeks, so make sure to follow him on Twitter as well. Right now, he's at Matt FBB. um Nat's fan as well, too, so it's a pretty exciting time for him. Um, you know, looks like they're heading to the World Series. The, the game hasn't wrapped up by the time I'm recording this, but seems pretty clear. Uh, that they're going to be heading to the world series. So props to him on the new job. Make sure to give him a follow, check out our show there as well, too. If you haven't gone to it yet, if you're coming to this show, uh, because of reasonably outrageous, you like the stuff we've done over there, greatly appreciated. Um, last thing I want to, I want to just tease a little bit, uh, very grateful to have Rod Simba and the regulators, uh, working on a, um, a podcast beat intro outro song for the show. Um, every show that I've done so far has had some sort of music at the beginning or end of it. And so uh, it feels weird starting off the shows with no music. It feels weird ending the shows with no music. Um, you know, music is a, is a thing that I, is another one of my loves, uh, you know, aside from the NFL, aside from sports and stuff like that. Um, I have a great appreciation for, for music. So, um, I found Rod Simba and the regulators through, um, through a podcast I used to watch, uh, back when it exists, it's transformed a little bit now, but Sims and Lefko Back in the day with Bleacher Report, uh, Rod Simba was a fan, sent out a beat to them, and then they took over. And, of course, um, you know, Lefkoe has done some new projects now, and the regulators and and Rod Simba have continued to to make some great stuff. So, uh, rough timeline. I'm hoping by the end of next week, maybe the middle of next week, he said he could probably get that done in the next week or so. So, I'm looking forward to that. Should be some fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Got to turn off my volume here because... I always forget to turn off everything on silent before this episode starts, so uh, let's roll. Let's get right into things. So like I said, before we get into um, my power rankings through week six of the NFL season, crazy happenings uh, across the NFL. Started earlier today um, with a couple trades. uh, You know, the Rams moved on from Marcus Peters, got Kenny Young and and a future draft pick in return as well, too. Um... Which everyone took a look at uh, and said, okay, well, not necessarily great in their secondary. Maybe they want to give some of their younger guys a move, but kind of felt like the bigger deal was coming. And then uh, news broke just before I started doing the show that uh, Jalen Ramsey, the love of my life, my favorite cornerback to watch in the NFL, no matter how you have him ranked in terms of cornerbacks, you can't have him below the top three. Um, Of course, he was... um, not playing the past few weeks in Jacksonville, wanted to, to wait it out and see where he was going to be traded. He reported injuries. He reported paternity leave. It kind of just seemed like he was uh he was waiting to uh, to play for another team. Um, and so now we've got this deal done. And and so my, my first impressions are for Jacksonville. Look, you're sitting at two and four. Um, y- you've got you know your sixth round quarterback. In for Nick Foles after giving Foles a hefty extension, he goes down in the first uh, game of the season. Um, and you take a look across your division right now; it's it's tough. Um, Indianapolis and uh, Houston off to good starts, both just knocked off the Chiefs. Very strong win for them. And you think you know the Titans are probably, um, you know, a little worse off than the Jaguars right now. I mean, they both they're both kind of the same situation. Very talented defense, quarterback that can do some stuff from time to time and and um, good head coach too but it it seems right now that they're in a place where they're looking at the season they say all right maybe this just isn't our year it's not our luck they were holding on to Ramsey with hopes of him coming back of course owner shot Khan really wanted Jalen Ramsey to stay um, with the Jaguars but um, look now they can move on from the distraction of it I don't think it was really causing much of an uproar but when you don't have what's probably your your best overall player um, on the field for a couple of weeks, and and you go through some losses, of course, uh, like they have, it can be kind of frustrating for other guys in the locker room to a point where it's like, okay, if if he's not coming back, let's let's just move on from him. And you know, the fight between Doug Marone that kind of really sent this spiraling to the point that it's at now. Um, just a just a good start uh, to hit the reset button. And look, two first round picks. Um, it's a great return. I think it's two firsts and a fourth. Um, Sorry if I'm 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 wrong on that, but I know at least there's two firsts in there. Man, that's that's a great return um, to get for an all-pro corner. Corner now, certainly you you would love to have you know. There's no guarantee that those um, that those draft picks are are any good. You know, LA is three and three, but um, you know with the moves that they've made, they're hopefully thinking that they can still contend for a playoff spot. So you're thinking in the second half of the NFL draft, but that's two first-round picks. Yes, there's no guarantee that they are going to be nearly as good as Jalen Ramsey, or even good at all. You know, they could they could um they could whiff on some picks, and, and next thing you know, the guys they've gotten in return really don't make up for what you have in Jalen Ramsey. But it got to the point where they had to move on. Um, I loved I, I loved watching that Jacksonville defense, and it's going to start to look a little bit different now. Um, you know, of course we didn't see Ramsey the last few weeks, and their back end has been has been lighting up some big points. I know they did a good job against New Orleans uh, this past week um, or did their best holding them to 13. But yeah, for the Jags, it just, uh, if Ramsey, if, if Ramsey wasn't going to come back, it's just something that you eventually got to move on from. And, um, when two first round picks come around and you think that might be the best that you're going to be able to get, I feel like you got to pull the trigger. And, uh, so that's kind of my assessment with Jacksonville. They might just now fully say, all right, we're going to take the year off. We're going to make sure our pick is high enough. We're going to make sure that we also, um, you know, take advantage of LA's picks. Maybe they stumble, maybe they don't make the playoffs and it's within the top 16, top 20. Um, but uh, but yeah, good good return for Jacksonville. Now for Los Angeles, listen, you come away as the winner for me. Um, I, I know that they have a lot of guys that they're paying on that roster and a lot of guys that they have to continue to pay, but I've always been in the belief, and there are some others out there, that the, the salary cap is basically a myth. Um, I'm a firm believer that... Uh, you don't always necessarily need cap space. I feel like there's always something to be tinkered out. And I know, you know, being a Colts fan and, and, and you know, covering that team as well, too, it's it's amazing to see how much cap space they have along with, with young talent. It's like, oh, what, what they can do with a lot of space. Well, they're just going to really, most of that is going to be re-signing the guys that they have in-house. And so for the Rams, um, great move. They, they they had to do it. You know, they're, they're, they're um first off, their offensive line wasn't great and so they trade for a guy uh who uh they get from cleveland uh played center probably just be alongside the interior just be a a role guy yet to be seen i think his name is austin corbett Uh, he was a i want to say a second round pick 34th pick trying to remember when he was taken but um you got a guy that seemingly has some potential um and for an offensive line that has just been continued to uh be plagued with injury you got to get some help there too. open up the run game help out jared goff and then the move for jalen ramsey and also getting a young linebacker as well in there and kenny young from baltimore just just good good additions you know it's it's you know when the, the signings that they made a couple seasons ago to bring stuff in you know um marcus peters a keep and Adama on older guys and you take a look at their defense it seems like they're trying to get a little bit younger now dante fowler's a younger guy um, that they've got on the defensive line, Kenny Young is young. Go figure. <laughs> and then uh, Jalen Ramsey, still in the prime of his career, still has many great years as as a shutdown corner in this league too. So I love this for the Rams. You have to, uh, if you're taking a look, um, the 49ers and the Seahawks look like some of the best teams in the NFL, and we'll get to that where I have them in my power rankings in just a bit. But um, it's it's exciting to see. You know, at less need. Um, he really he really just uh i'm not saying draft picks are aren't valuable they certainly are um you can you know the right way to build your team is hopefully through uh drafts you, you know you build a culture you like to keep your guys in house and so um you know this could come back to bite the rams in the butt but i i think when you have the opportunity to get one of the best players uh on the defensive side of the ball at the very worst a top three corner in the league, I know a lot of people um Think he's number one. I have him at two behind Stefan Gilmore with the Patriots, but um, but yeah, th- this is a good chance for them to kind of get back on track. Uh, Marcus Peters was a guy that that really him and to Talib they didn't look like they wanted to play football uh, in the last few games that I watched with the Rams. They were kind of just being lazy on the back end of the defense. You think about the game that they gave up all those points to Tampa Bay it was like what fifty five. Um, now you got a guy that's going to go in there, going to get big, uh, you know, go. You know, full throttle, end of the season, get a big extension. Um, he's going to want to do well. He's going to want to perform well so he can get paid, and the Rams will pay him. Um, I think this is a trade that that just works out for both sides. Yeah, I don't think the Jags will be able to get someone who is um, as much value as Jalen Ramsey. But if Jalen Ramsey wasn't going to suit up, sure. I, I'd take two first-round picks over a guy that's just going to continue to sit out until he's on a different team. Um you know there aren't that many trades out there where you can say both teams win. I feel comfortable saying both of these teams um, got great return uh, on their trades, and so um, yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, I love I love seeing um, the NFL kind of get more into the move with with you know the NBA style of just massive trades and, and headlines that are away from from Sundays and away from the games. Um, still some trades out there. There's there's rumors that. Um, Redskins uh left tackle and of course now that I'm I'm sitting here and I'm blanking on his name too um maybe if he played some more football I would remember uh that would be Trent Williams there we go uh rumors of him to the Browns potentially the Browns definitely need some offensive line help me personally I think he would I mean of course he's gonna help out any team but I'd rather see him on a team that I think just has more promise this year it's in itself so I would I would look at the the Chiefs I would look at the Patriots um Patriots could really use some offensive line help. I know they've got guys that are banged up, but, um, if you're not getting them back this year, you want to go for that seventh, uh, Super Bowl ring. So, um, maybe they go and, uh, and make a move for that. And of course, if so, that's what I like about doing the daily podcast on the weekdays is that as long as a trade doesn't happen Friday night, Saturday night, um, We'll be able to talk about it on here for just a quick few minutes. So uh, very, very uh, bold move by the Rams. Go do it. I think the right one for both sides. If you're not going to get Jalen Ramsey on the field for Jacksonville, get as much as you can for him. Two first round picks and a fourth. Um, and, and for the Rams, tough division. You're, you're now in third place. You're at 500 through uh, through six weeks. This has to be the first time in Sean McVay's career. He's lost three in a row. So um, good move to uh, to hopefully keep themselves afloat. Um yeah, I, I think this is this is just one of the few trades that you get in the league where both teams walk off feeling feeling very happy about the outcome. So glad to see that for them. Alright, so now on to my power rankings um for the NFL through week six, heading into week seven. Um oddly enough, I this is supposed to coincide with an article on Stampede Blue that comes out after the podcast Wednesday afternoons. I made the mistake of, of writing it, uh, too soon for them. Uh, I wrote it earlier, uh, on Tuesday. And so, uh, it was weird when I got a notification that I was mentioned in a tweet that got published, uh, this on Tuesday afternoon. Um, so it's, it's not supposed to be like that. Uh, if you've already read the article, I'll, I'll try and change things up. But if you haven't, uh, then good. Don't, don't read it. Don't waste your time. I'm just going to tell you right here. But, uh, the way that this is supposed to happen, and I guess I'll just continue to write these articles that, you know, the night before, long enough, short enough before where they can't post it a day ahead of schedule. This article is supposed to line up where it comes out the afternoon um, after the podcast. So, um, just uh, just just one one week. Probably shouldn't uh, continue to be like that for now. So, um, I'm just going to break the, the bottom tiers up into, I guess... I guess I'll segment them as as well as I can. Um, you know, first off, I'll I'll just go with right now uh, my bottom four teams, and I'll just list them off and then kind of group them all in together. Short short tidbits of each um, number. Uh, my my last ranked team in the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. Um, right in front of them at thirty one, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. In front of them, the Redskins at number thirty. And then uh, at 29, I've got the Atlanta Falcons. Um, quick about the Dolphins. They're going to stay at 32 this entire season. I really do think they're the only team in this league that is actively trying to lose. Um, you know, it's it's clear that they're tanking. Conspiracy theory, Blake also likes to think that they um, they botched up that two-point conversion just so they, they wouldn't win that game and just so it, there wasn't a chance that it could go into overtime and then they eventually tie the Redskins. I think they threw that game at the end. Uh, just putting my conspiracy theory hat on, but Miami's is the worst team in the league. Uh, no surprise there. Now Cincinnati, I think they're trying to win games, and I think they show you that they're trying to win games. But unfortunately, um, Zach Taylor is uh, is in way over his head, in my opinion. Um, and I think we're kind of looking. We might be looking at a situation like with Steve Wilkes this past year in Arizona, where you know it's just a it's a bold hire to make. It's a quick it's a quick hire to make um you know not letting a guy really get much coordinator experience and um i think unfortunately for zach taylor we could be looking at a situation where he gets uh he gets let go after a season needs to spend some time as a coordinator to kind of pick up more experience before becoming a head coach i also think by the end of next week um the bengals could start moving on from some of their older guys Uh, you know they want to keep aj green um if they want to um and then uh geno atkins on the defensive line, that's a guy that I would I would feel comfortable getting rid of. Um, yeah, the Bengals, thirty-one. They're they're not trying to lose, but they're just bad. Number thirty, uh, the Washington Redskins, the winner of the of the snooze fest bowl uh, this past week. Um, you know, moving on from Jay Gruden the the week before, we all knew that this perfect timing was coming so that their interim head coach uh, could get a win. Uh, they went run heavy with Adrian Peterson, just like they said they would. Miami didn't have an answer for it. A um, couple of nice touchdowns by Scary Terry, bright young receiver. Um, not going to see many more wins this season from Washington. And then at twenty nine, uh, the my, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I, I like to joke around and call them my Atlanta Falcons because I did have such high hopes for them heading into the season. Uh, if you heard my preseason predictions or saw them on Twitter, um, the Falcons were my one seed in the NFC. Uh, I had them losing in the divisional round, I believe to the Rams, um, but I had high hopes for Atlanta. I thought, you know, drafting two guys on the offensive line would have helped. I thought, you know, just everyone finally being healthy again, especially, you know, their best players on defense, getting Devonta Freeman back, and then Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, a ton of weapons. But um, I didn't account for one everybody getting hurt again of course their offensive line is still banged up they lose Keanu Neal again um for for the entire season again very unfortunate but uh, I also didn't take into account that Dan Quinn uh is so unwilling to adapt uh his defense um you know of course he comes from the tree of Pete Carroll where they were um where they were running that cover three heavy press bail uh scheme and um and it's like anything in the defense that you, on uh, that you try and do at the NFL level, someone's going to figure out how to break it. And as soon as you get the key to to break it, every team is just going to model that. Uh, this defense um, is getting torched apart, even by uh, you know Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Um, Falcons, I've got a twenty nine. Uh, definitely the team that I was wrong, the most wrong about in a bad way. There are some teams that have impressed me in ways that I didn't expect them to, and we'll get to those later on. But so far. Uh, the team that I was wrong about in, in the bad way where they're just way, way, way below my expectations, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, I expect Dan Quinn to maybe last a couple more weeks, maybe give some of the coordinators another chance to get some coordinators with uh, head coaching experience in there. Dirk Cutter, um, offensive coordinator who is, uh, most previously with the Buccaneers. Maybe he gets a shot, but, um, but yeah, Atlanta, definitely one of the, the worst teams in football and, um dan dan quinn's days are certainly numbered the next four that i've got here are i guess four teams that i still think are very bad uh but i guess have a little hope behind them um 28 i've got the new york jets 27 the tampa bay buccaneers 26 the denver broncos and at 25 the new york football giants for the jets man um sam darnold he uh he looks great I know Dallas' defense has been torched by some some good quarterbacks. You know, Aaron Rodgers took care of them a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we'll see how Carson Wentz does this week against them. But, man, Sam Darnold looked good. He looked comfortable. He, when he had protection, he looked, he looked very comfortable. Um, I, I'm going to watch. Uh, he's one of the guys I'm going to watch a little bit more of his film to uh, get a better impression on what to make out of that game. Um, so, uh, to me, for the Jets, Adam Gase... Still, I, I still don't think he's the guy long-term. He did feel more comfortable opening up the playbook for Sam Darnold uh, in ways he wasn't for Luke Falk. Um, they still almost blew that game to Dallas, though. And then you're sitting at 0-5, and I probably would have had them maybe even below uh, Atlanta. But um, good return for Sam Darnold, good win for the Jets, and see if they can do anything against New England this week. Now for Tampa... Um, I said that there are some good things going. I mean, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to be a great wide receiving duo for whoever the next quarterback is here. Um, If you listen to my mock draft on Monday, I had that being Joe Burrow um, out uh, from LSU. That'd be an extremely fun offense to watch. Um, Bruce Arians would do a really good job with him as well, too. Uh, This run defense, very, very legit, stopped Christian McCaffrey. Had some good success against the Rams. Um, actually, stopped Christian McCaffrey, I think, for two weeks. I don't think he did that great on Thursday night either. Um, but uh, yeah, the potential with this team is just that the next quarterback has a good, uh, you know, offensive-minded coach around, talented wide receivers. I hope they realize at some point that it's uh, it's Ronald Jones who is who is the running back here. It's not Peyton Barber. Hopefully, they choose to uh, you know maybe pay attention to the tape and see the success rates um but yeah tampa is still still a bad team good run defense needs to to patch up its secondary and uh with a new quarterback they could uh, certainly be much better than uh dax what five interceptions two fumbles and seven sacks not good 26 the denver broncos um look they got two wins now after starting 0 4 they beat up on uh the inconsistent as hell L.A. Chargers, um, and shut out, you know, Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. So, um, you know, I, I still have both the Chargers and the Titans ahead of Denver. Um, I still think that, you know, those two teams themselves are better. I think just unlucky breaks for them. Um, you know, top to bottom, I think both their rosters are still better and I'll talk about them in a little bit, but, uh, you know, Denver beat up on some, some shaky teams with shaky play, um. I like Vic Fangio. I'm glad he, he has a head coaching opportunity. The own 4 start kind of really lowered the bar for him, so two wins is great. Um, they have a chance to move up, though, Thursday night, if, if they can keep things close with Kansas City. I know Kansas City is stumbling a little bit, but um, I can definitely feel a lot better about them moving forward if they can keep things close with them. And then at number 25, the New York Giants. Um, listen, we didn't expect Daniel Jones to go out there and beat the, the New England Patriots. Or even look all that great, you know, without Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, even Wayne Gallman, their number two running back, three interceptions, didn't look too great, um, but it's the Patriots, you know, one of the better defenses of all time. So, um, weirdly enough for the Giants, the only other thing to say is they're one game out of the NFC East, um, we can call it the NFC Least, um. Yeah, but uh, they have a chance, you know. If, if Philly and Dallas can lose this week, manage to lose, and I think they play each other, so that might not be realistic. I'm trying to think, yeah, I think they do. So, um, but the Giants have a have a winnable game against Arizona. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second. But uh, New York could could you know soon be three and four, making its way up and staying close within the division. Next four teams that I'm going to group in here at 24. I've got the Los Angeles Chargers. Number 23, the Arizona Cardinals, number 22, the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of my bigger risers, um, this week, actually two of my bigger risers there, uh, the Cardinals and the Steelers. And then at 21, uh, I've got the Tennessee Titans starting off with the chargers. Uh, this was the team that I, I, I feel pretty confident that I nailed heading into the season. Um, this is a team I had missing the playoffs, even though they had a great year last year and, uh, I guess the way I kind of see their season playing out is kind of the way that all every single individual game is played out. I think, you know, this has a, this team has a chance to finish the year at eight and eight, nine and seven, even, and just miss the playoffs. Um, it's, it's kind of like the fact that in every game they've played this year in their first half, they look awful. Uh, and then they slowly creep their way back in to make it a manageable game, uh, in the second half and eventually lose. So we saw that with Pittsburgh. We've seen that multiple times, uh, if in their season so far, um, Chargers to me are the are the the bad good team of this year, where they're just everyone thought they were good because of the season last year, and you know maybe some additions they made, or just think you know even just keeping pace, they'd still be just a good team. But injuries on the offensive line, um, you know injuries to the, some of their better players on the back end of their defense, and and just inconsistency. Um, I've got them at twenty four. Now, highest riser. Uh, Arizona Cardinals last week I had them at 28 got them all the way up here to 23 um Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are starting to figure things out one of my biggest uh grips on on Cliff heading into uh you know the last few weeks is that he wasn't putting Kyler Murray under shot uh under center uh, you know I think it was around like 95 some percent of his plays came from the shotgun and when you have a, a, a talented running back like David Johnson you need to give him some some ability to run up into the plays, you know, gain some traction, not just start off flat footed in the shotgun and then try and turn on the jets. He's someone that kind of needs to lead up, uh, into getting the ball and, and bursting through the offensive line. So we've started to see more of that and go figure it works. So that's, it's another, it's another, um, level to their offense. That they can expand upon Kyler Murray, uh, looks great. I know it was, uh, the Atlanta defense that I just told you, um, how bad it was, but look great. Um, Kyler, Kyler, I'm, I'm very impressed with. I'd love to see, you know, um, us move beyond the idea that, you know, our quarterbacks do have to see, be a certain way. Now I do like my quarterbacks a certain way. I, I prefer them to be six foot six. I don't think they have to be. Uh, if you've got talent and you're Kyler Murray and five foot 10, let's give it a whirl, see how it goes. Um, tough division. No no chance they finish above last uh, with the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. But good start to build upon. Get some talent on defense. Get some help on the offensive line. But uh, quarterback, head coach, wide receiver Christian Kirk, good. They've got some young receivers out there too. Um, fix the defense, fix the offensive line, and uh, try and build up a, a, just a good roster around uh, Kyler Murray. Number 22, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last week I had them at 26 in my article with Stampede Blue. Um, duck, man, you know, uh, Devlin Hodges came out there and, and did the thing against the Chargers. Now listen, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are that legit of a threat um, to make a push for the postseason, even with the, you know Mason Rudolph or if Hodges continues to play. I just... Uh, I just don't see it. You know, there's nothing really exciting about either of them. They were able to beat the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a worse team than the Steelers. Uh, so, um, they're not a great team. Uh, if you take a look at their defense, I think the talent there is great, but their defensive coordinator, um, I was just talking about this with mountain and reasonably, uh, reasonably outrageous Uh, their defensive coordinator loves putting like linebackers on receivers like Keenan Allen and just the, the alignments with the defense are just so poor sometimes, but the talent is there. So, um, you know, maybe it's just a change of scenery at at defensive coordinator, get a, a new guy in there. And that would be, you know, a real legit defense. Um, but I expect them to be, you know, right around the bottom teams and, um, get big Ben back next year, add some guys to the draft that they gave up their first round pick. Um, do what you can in free agency, maybe get a new D coordinator. But Steelers should be back into the swing of things next year. Just this year, you kind of got to take off without Big Ben. And then uh, twenty-one Tennessee Titans, man, they officially moved on from uh, from Marcus Mariota. While I was um, while we're doing this show, uh, I got the notification a couple of minutes ago. They are starting Ryan Tannehill, and I think that's the right move through the rest of the season. Um, of course, you know that doesn't say you can't go back to Marcus if Ryan isn't the answer, but uh, the 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 Titans at least looked a little bit better with him uh, running the offense than opposed to Marcus Mariota. And if he gives you the better chance to win, um, Mike Vrabel wants wants a quarterback that can put up points. You know, two touchdowns and a field goal would have had them at three and three on the season. Um, you know, right outside the Colts and the Texans for the AFC South this is a talented defense. He's a good head coach. We've got young weapons on offense: Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Corey Davis. It's another team just like Tampa Bay. I am excited for them to move on from their quarterback, get a new guy in there. Uh, Tennessee at 21 now we've got a few teams in here that um, I still just we're getting to the point where I just I don't know yet it's so tough I I think 20 through 10 I just I'm still just not sure Uh, but for right now I've got at number 20 the Cleveland Browns number 19 uh, surprisingly the Oakland Raiders 18 the Jacksonville Jaguars and 17 the Chicago Bears Um, so starting with Cleveland who I have at 20 uh, look, they're, they're just inconsistent. Um, they caught off to a great lead against Seattle. The run game was working 20 to six lead. And, and then they choose to go pass heavy, protect your lead, run the ball, keep Russell Wilson off the field. You gave him way too many chances to come back. I get it. You want to establish your strong connection between Baker Mayfield and OBJ and Jarvis get the pass offense, get them some life, but you give Russell Wilson too many opportunities to come back. He's going to come back and, um, they abandoned the run game, which was you know what got them the lead in the first place. Nick Chubb. Want to talk about guys that I've been more wrong about in, in the last few draft valuations. Nick Chubb. Um I wasn't high on him. He's been great. But um man, Freddie Kitchens. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. Of course, Baker. Gotta take him a little bit. I think my, my deep dive is also gonna take a look at Baker. I mentioned Sam Darnold. I, I gotta see what's going on with him because uh things aren't looking pretty. Um Ugly way to lose a game and, uh, unfortunate, you know, you could have pulled the 500 and just been right there with, uh, with Baltimore, but, um, it's tough. It's tough. I'm not sure what to make out of this team yet. Uh, way too inconsistent uh, on a week in week out basis. So I got them at 20 and then, uh, right in front of them, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, this is a team that I think, you know, could very well, um, you know, be down in the, the mid-20s in the next few weeks. they got games against the Packers, the Texans, and the Lions. But they could also be in a position where I push them up into the, you know, the the teens, you know, closer to 15, 14. They can uh, look presentable, maybe knock off some of those teams. Wins against Chicago and in Indy. Um, two quality wins. Um, you know, John Gruden, I think, had, had that Raiders-Bears uh, game penciled in as soon as the schedule came out. Um, everyone was saying the storyline was Cleo Mack going back to, to play his former team. Well, it's no, John Gruden got so much shit for trading away. That guy, he was going to do anything he possibly could to make it seem like he didn't need him on that team to beat them. And there you go. Went in and beat the Chicago bears. Uh, Raiders need to see a little bit more tough schedule ahead. If they can look impressive, they'll move up. If they don't, they'll move down. But I got them at 19. Number 18, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently sitting at two and four, um, talk about a team that uh, you know we talked about earlier on. It seems like the direction now is to kind of just take this season as a little bit of a wash, kind of reassess, figure out what to do with this whole quarterback situation. Is there trade value for Minshew or Foles? Um, if you got Foles paying massive money through it, through the remainder of Minshew's contract, it doesn't make sense to keep both of them. So you got to figure out what to do there. Take your own first round pick, try and make it as high as possible. Hope that the Rams stumble a little bit and have a high pick there, too. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like Minshew. I like Nick Foles, too. Um, Leonard Fournette is, is good for one carry of 40 yards a game and then a bunch of just running into the first offensive lineman uh, and just, you know, carries of three, four yards every time. But uh, I like DJ Chark and DD Westbrook. That's a, a fun, um, that's a fun young wide receiver duo. And the defense is talented, and they're well coached. Uh Jacksonville I had I want to say had them at ten and six heading into the season. That was either tying at top of the AFC South or just making in with one of the final wild card spots. But um doesn't look like they're off to that start. I got them at eighteen. Seventeen the Chicago Bears. Uh last week I had them at seventeen two, and I I'm not gonna change things up because uh they didn't play this past weekend. Um within the next five weeks, they gotta play the Saints, the Eagles, the Lions, and the Rams. Four teams that I think are are definitely better than the Bears. They gotta figure out their quarterback problems. Mitch isn't the guy. Bears fans. Every Sunday, you just gotta be reminded of how Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. He selected Mitch at least seven picks ahead of both of them. Even more uh, than, than ahead of Deshaun Watson, who slipped a little bit further back. But um it's unfortunate, you know, to think about where Mitch is at. And the problems that he has, and, and to think that, you know, if you were going through a draft right now, and you were going to pick quarterbacks that you would, if you're just drafting franchise quarterbacks for the rest of their careers, obviously, Pat Mahomes goes number one, and I don't see any reason why Deshaun Watson wouldn't go number two. You go Russell Wilson, but he's also, what is he, 30 at this point? Watson's got at least five, six, seven more years. Um, You'd have to go those one and two, and, and Mitch, I wouldn't be taking Mitch anywhere near close there. Uh, Bears at 17. All right, I'm going to group these uh, these next six in before we get into my top 10. Um, 16, the Minnesota Vikings. 15, the Baltimore Ravens. 14, the Dallas Cowboys. 13, the Eagles. 12, the Carolina Panthers. And 11, the Houston Texans. Going back to Minnesota, who I have at 16. Two, two good wins for, for Minnesota, but I'm not putting too much weight into it. Kirk Cousins had two good games against the horrible New York Giants defense, uh, New York Giants secondary two weeks ago, and then uh, this past week tore a part of Philadelphia secondary that uh, really could use Jalen Ramsey, um, really could use any help back there. Uh, so I don't think that this team is actually legit. I think they, um, they really force things down the field against two teams with bad secondaries, but I think realistically this team is more of the ones that we'll see in the games that they play against the Bears and and, uh, the Packers where just things don't look great. I got them at 16. And then right above them, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm still just, I I didn't learn a ton from them this past week with the win over Cincinnati. Barely won. Um, What I do know about this team, Lamar Jackson is good. The offense has good flow. I like Mark Andrews. Mark Ingram is one of the better um, you know, middle tier free agent signings of this uh, this off I like Marquise Hollywood Brown when he's healthy. Um, man, I'm worried about their defense. Yeah, they traded for Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters didn't look like he wanted to play football uh, when he was with the Rams. So, hopefully, he gets rejuvenated, ready to, to go and attack in a in a Ravens jersey. Good enough for the Ravens. Uh, they're four and two. The rest of the AFC North is off to a four and 14 start. So they'll win that division. I don't feel, uh, I feel pretty strong about that. I've got them at 15, though. Not sure how legit they are uh, in the AFC just yet. Number 14, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, worst loss of the week. I- I've talked about it before uh, on multiple occasions now. The Cowboys do not have a Dak Prescott problem. They have a Jason Garrett problem. They need to move on from Jason Garrett. Uh, I really don't like, I think he, he's up there with, with Andy as, um I just don't get how head coaches don't understand proper clock management. Cowboys had a chance to, instead of calling their first time out at first and goal, could have just spiked the ball. Plenty of time. You had three downs to get into the end zone, which they did. Um, If you don't get the two-point conversion, you don't need to go for the onside kick. You get the ball back. Another chance to get in field goal range, win that game. Um, Dallas Cowboys first have a Jason Garrett problem. Second, they have an Ezekiel Elliott problem. His burst is... Not where it was last year. Not where it was the year before that. His top end speed doesn't really scare you at this point, and And uh, those two things don't help out Dak Prescott. Bad head coach. Doesn't understand how to manage the clock. Premier running back who's not playing like it. Um, Dak's been great this year. I've loved what I've seen out of him. I like it more than Jared Goff. Number 13, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, they lost to Minnesota. I still put Philly ahead of them. I think when the Eagles are fully healthy and uh, hopefully they get there in the next few weeks, um, I still think they're one of the better teams in the NFC. Uh, if they can't stay healthy, I will move them down. But um, I'm taking the, my trust in in Carson Wentz, in Doug Peterson. Um, to me, this is the team that ends up winning the NFC East, just because I I think the quarterback and the coach I value more than uh, the other teams in the division. But um, don't think they'll be able to really be a true contender in the NFC just given um, their lack of production in the secondary. Um, the running offense is hit or miss. Jordan Howard looks great some weeks, looks awful to some others. Miles Sanders uh, really likes fumbling the football. I've got Philadelphia at 13. One spot ahead of them, the Carolina Panthers. Kyle Allen is undefeated as the starting quarterback for the Panthers. 5-0, and 4-0 this season. Panthers are 4-2. and uh, One game behind New Orleans for the division lead um really impressed with the win this past week given that christian mccaffrey averaged 1.4 yards a carry i said that earlier uh they still were able to put up 37 points of course five interceptions by uh, james winston will do that to you they have the bye week um and then they play the 49ers and you'll see how highly i think of the 49ers in just a bit uh, that'll be the real test for carolina if they're legit or just feasting on some uh, some weaker opponents you know they've already faced tampa twice they played jacksonville jacksonville already um So I just need to see that a little bit better. But they they can't be mad about where they're at heading into their bye week. I've got them at 12. And then uh, last team before we get into the top 10, the Houston Texans. Um, Team that I was wrong about in uh, in the good way, where they've severely outperformed uh, my expectations. Um, I still think they're a dysfunctional team. I don't like Bill O'Brien as a head coach. I think they lack a lot of talent, protection on the offensive line. But what we're seeing out of Deshaun Watson is what we saw to Andrew Luck in his – earlier years with a bad roster and a bad coach. He's just that damn good. Uh he can lead you into the playoffs. He looks amazing. You know, some games DeAndre Hopkins is is the guy he goes to. Some weekends he can rely on Carlos Hyde to look well to look good. Certainly against the Chiefs offense. He he did that this past week. I don't like the team. I don't like the the direction. A little worried about Deshaun Watson if he can't uh you know get some protection, some more help. But damn, he is good uh and he can lead this team to the playoffs. All right, now to my top 10. Number 10, I've got the Indianapolis Colts. Um, welcome to welcome to Blake's Big Ten. That was a video series I did this past, uh, last year. Uh, video series on my YouTube channel with Ivan uh, Jackson, who worked with me over at the Breeze. But uh, I don't have his talent here to do some video editing for me, so I guess Blake's Big Ten will just become a part of the podcast. Indianapolis Colts, number 10. Um, didn't play this past week. Big game coming up for them against Houston. Um which will really kind of give us uh, an assessment of where the AFC South is right now and who's leading the pack there. They're getting healthy. Malik Hooker should be back soon. Darius Leonard was cleared to play. Clayton Gathers uh, cleared to play as well, too. So Colts are getting healthy again. They've got the wall uh, on that offensive line. Marlon Mack, great running back in the league. And uh, as long as they're healthy and they got the right coach there and uh, Jacoby said is doing enough, I think they're one of the top ten teams in the league. Um, Right ahead of them, the Detroit Lions. Bennett Conlin, good friend, former uh, breezer uh, back at JMU. Um, big Lions fan. Listen, I, I, the Lions got screwed out of this uh, this past game against the Packers, but it was still a great showing, showing that you can jump out to a lead on, on a team that had been jumping out to, uh, into early leads against their previous opponents. Uh, Detroit jumped out early. Um, they're a good team. They were just unlucky last night. Uh, I love Stafford in 2017 i said he was a top 5 quarterback in the league his first season uh with matt patricia i would say it's kind of it's kind of tough to assess because the um you know his entire career up to that point he had just been a loose cannon just do whatever you can find the open guy and now he went to an offensive system where it was more structured and you had to make the right decisions uh and right reads and right progressions he was never used to that now he's finally gotten it down uh i got the detroit lions as my number 19 team Number eight and falling down four spots from last week, the Los Angeles Rams. Boy, oh boy, I'm worried about this uh, Jared Goff contract extension. Um, I don't get why they did it. Just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense why they uh, gave him such a a huge payout when they didn't have to. They could have waited this season. Could have seen how he did. You know, the pressure was on for the Rams now making it to the Super Bowl. Spot was on their back uh, in the NFC. And uh, Goff has not looked good. When Gurley's not around, he looks awful. Um, in the written article, because it came out before the trade, I said Los Angeles desperately needs to make a trade, either on the offensive line or in the secondary. They get a linebacker. They get a uh, all-pro corner. If they want to fight for the NFC West title, we'll see if those moves can uh, can make a change for them. But, man, I'm, I'm worried about this golf contract, and it's just getting started. Rams at eight. Number seven, the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, listen, they just enjoyed their Sunday, sitting on the couch, not sweating about their next opponent. They take on the Dolphins uh, this next week in Buffalo. Bills will be five and one. Schedule is pretty light. I, I know the the Patriots have the easiest schedule of the season, but the Bills, also in that AFC East, gets a feast on the same opponents. Good chance the Bills are looking at like nine and three uh, by the time we get through Thanksgiving. So. Um, I want to see more consistency from Josh Allen, of course. Um, This Bills defense, to me, is is second best in the league uh, behind New England. And, uh, man, they got a lot of potential there. I love, I love, love, love uh, their head coach right now. Um, And uh, Sean McDermott. I think they got a good culture there, and uh, some good days are ahead for the Bills. Got them at seven. Number six, up two spots. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, listen, it takes a lot to come back from a 20-6 to 6 deficit no matter how hard the other, time, uh, the other team is, is trying to lose that game, um, so i got to give them credit for there. Um, Russell Wilson has to be the MVP frontrunner so far. It's either him or Deshaun Watson, and uh, don't look now, Chris Carson, legit starting running back. I, I didn't think they had that yet. Um, still don't feel great about the back end of their defense. still think they're probably the luckiest team in the league, I said before. Um, Said before week six that there was only a difference of seven points between the Seahawks being a 4-1 team to a 1-4 team. Got very lucky in some of their early outcomes. Were able to beat Cincinnati week one. Beat the Rams because of a missed field goal at the end of the game. Some lucky wins in there. Um, need to see a little bit more against quality opponents. They'll get some games in soon against, uh, against the 49ers. But uh, for now, Seahawks at six. Kansas City, number five, down three spots from last week. I them as the number two team, uh, despite losing to the Colts uh, two weeks ago. The loss to the Houston Texans uh, was a bad one. Um, if Carlos Hyde uh, can can dominate the trenches, and not even just Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde and a bad offensive line um, can can dominate uh, the Kansas City run defense. You've got problems. Listen, uh, they got to give Pat Mahomes Pat Mahomes, more time in the pocket. Got to give some help to that run game by establishing uh, some physical guys up front. They just need help in the trenches. Offensive, defensive line. Get some help there. Geno Atkins, I'd love to see it. Trent Williams, would love to see it. They got to make a move up front to uh, to help both sides of their defense. But Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, the offensive uh, capabilities there. Still think they're one of the best teams in football. Still expect them to get back into that range where they're you know the second or third best team in football. Just got to pick things up a little bit. Kansas City at five. Number four, the New Orleans Saints. I thought they were a playoff caliber team heading into the season. I think I had them uh, being one of the wild card teams, of course, because I gave the division to Atlanta. Um, I definitely underestimated how good they'd be on defense. Um, I thought their D-tackles, I, w- I wasn't sure about. I thought their linebackers were meh. Um, secondary, I-, I-, I felt fine about, but uh, defense is-, is great. Continuing to, to really limit some talented quarterbacks some talented offenses and uh yeah they're in a great position for uh drew Brees to return and and still be uh still have one of the best records in the nfc certainly the best record in their division um carolina to me is more of a wait and see uh, you know want to see them beat some quality opponents but to me the saints number four number three the san francisco 49ers uh man I know that it was a, a rough day for Jared Goff. They didn't have Todd Gurley, but holding Sean McVay to single-digit points, um, that was all I needed to be sold on the 49ers. Um, their defense is, is, is strong. Um, you know, you think about Sean McVay, I, he was 10-1 and all-time with extra time to prepare, uh, whether that was, you know, he had a bye week before, played a Thursday night the week before, um, whether that was he had an extra day because they were playing on Monday night, Super Bowl is the only loss because uh, he had two weeks to prepare for that. But uh, Kyle Shannon did a great job. Their offense didn't look great, but they were able to pull out a gritty win. Um, Run offense is strong. they got so many guys there. Tevin Coleman's back. Matt Breida. Mostert. Raheem Mostert. Whatever. Um, George Kittle. Him and uh, him and Travis Kelsey up there for the best tight end in the league. 49ers. One of the best teams in the NFL. Great surprise uh, heading into the season. Huge props to Kyle Shanahan, what he was able to do there, uh, taking down the Rams, got them at number three. Two more teams, Green Bay Packers at number two, five and one. They're my number one team in the NFC. Damn, do I love to watch Aaron Rodgers uh, come from behind when he's down in the second half. We didn't see much of it this year. They've, they've been really good at jumping out to early leads and just narrowly winning after you know their defense kind of lets them creep back in and they get a little conservative in the second half, but Fun to see them in a situation, you know, we were so used to seeing Rodgers, you know, continuously be down heading into the fourth quarter and him somehow figure things out. Uh, now he's pulling wide receivers in that are just telling him what routes he wants uh, He wants to run and Rodgers is just hitting him on it. Um, got a little lucky. Sometimes, you know, great teams get a little lucky. Refs kind of handed them that win. But uh, defense, I'd probably say is top four, top five in the league. I love that they went out and were aggressive on the defense, you know. Free agency bringing in the Smiths. Um, drafting Darnell Savage and uh, Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. Aaron Rodgers. Love to watch him. Still to me is... Uh, if not the best, second best, third best, he's up there. It's 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 some combination of him, Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. But uh, love watching him play. I think they're just getting started. So I got the Packers at two. And then at number one. Surprise, surprise. The New England Patriots. People... With my article versions of this, the, the most backlash I've been getting is the Patriots in their their light schedule. Listen, I don't make the schedule. Neither do they. Can't blame them for, you know, getting to play guys. And then, unfortunately, this week they play the Jets. You know, it's nice. I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? They're in a division that where they play the Dolphins and the Jets twice. This time around they get the Redskins and the Giants and, you know, even the 3-3 three and three Eagles and 3-3 three and three Cowboys. So, we're just going to have to deal with it. But, um... Their defense is legit. Their secondary is the best in the league. One of the greatest secondaries assembled of all time, in my opinion. They'll certainly have the numbers to prove for it by the end of the season. Even in a bad game where the offense didn't look that great against New York, Tom Brady still had uh, 300 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Um, And and look, I I was a Sony Michelle backer, uh, and most of the time he's kind of underwhelming. Just tucks his head and runs into uh, the first defender that's there. Just runs right into the back of his offensive lineman. But sometimes can break off some nice plays. Would love to see them. I, I know A.J. Green's not available. I'd love to see him get A.J. Green. If they got Trent Williams from Washington, that'd be big for them too. Um, just to just to stay healthy on offense. add in some other weapons there. Um, part of me still thinks. And I, and I don't... I'm not saying I approve of it. I don't know what to make of it. But I still think... At a certain point, Antonio Brown comes back to them. But uh, Patriots at one, king of the court. And just to point it out, and, um, and no, that's not why I have them at one and two, my preseason picks for the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that's a Super Bowl I would absolutely love to see um, happen. So just to recap the top 10, I'm not going to go back all the way to 32, but at number 10, the Indianapolis Colts. Big week for them this week against Houston. The Detroit Lions at number nine, unfortunate loss against Green Bay. Uh, but still very well coached, uh, very, very uh, talented on both sides of the ball. Number eight, the Los Angeles Rams, tough loss, Jared Goff. I've got question marks about need Todd Curley back there, uh, but make some moves on defense. you going to see how that changes things for them. Number seven, the Buffalo Bills didn't play this past week. Another easy win for uh, them this week against the Dolphins should be nine and three at, at the worst, maybe by uh, the time Thanksgiving rolls around. Very talented team. Good culture there. Number six, the Seattle Seahawks still need to see more against quality teams. I can't wait to watch them play the 49ers soon to get a, a an even more fair assessment. A um, couple lucky wins, but a, a good gutsy comeback for them over the Browns. Number five, Kansas City. They need help in both trenches. Um, still think that this is, this is the two seed in the AFC. Still think this is the team that makes it to the AFC Championship. Um, Pat Mahomes, I love him more than any guy in the NFL right now, um, but they do need some help up front. Number four, the New Orleans Saints didn't expect their defense to be this good. Very impressed with them, even with Teddy Bridgewater. By the time Drew Brees is back, they're in, in a great spot to uh, make a push for the NFC title and make their way to the Super Bowl. Number three, the San Francisco 49ers. They are legit. I needed to see them shut down Sean McVay, uh, and they did so. Kyle Shanahan. Very... Um, very good, bright, young head coach. I'm excited to see what he can do in San Francisco as I drop my pen on the floor. Um, San Francisco, number three. Green Bay, number two. Aaron Rodgers. Talented defense. Good offensive weapons. Great running back duo between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I forgot to even mention that. They got everything right now. I, I don't have any worries about them. And then number one, New England. Light schedule, whatever. They're dominating opponents uh, to a level that, you know, is even impressive given. The, the opponents that they faced. So I got them at one. Uh, so that's it. That's the power rankings. And look at that two episodes in a row where I lied to you and it goes a little bit longer than I intended. Um, maybe that's not the case moving forward. Maybe I just love to babble. Maybe maybe I lie to you. Maybe these won't be quick hits. To me, they're quick. But then I look over and I see where I'm at and, and we're at minute 56 now. And it's just... Um, so just a couple things to look out for. Thursday, we're going to be doing some deeper dives. I think I'm just... I, I'm not sure if I want to do games. I, I'm going to decide... After this podcast is done, whether or not I'm going to look at games specifically, take a look at performances by a few of the players. I know I'm interested in taking a look at Baker, Sam Darnold, take a look at Zeke, maybe. Maybe that's the direction I'll go instead of looking at games, but that's more to to look at some bigger headlines. Um, Not sure if I'll be having a guest on for this Thursday, certainly by next Thursday. And then uh, Friday, I'll send you in the weekend with my picks against the spread. And uh, we'll go through each of the games from the NFL season uh, for NFL week seven and make some picks there hopefully when you got some money but uh until then thank you guys so much for listening again my name is Blake Pace you're listening to Quick Hits and we will see you tomorrow